0: Good day to you and welcome to Fascinating. I am your host Rick from Planet Vulcan. My ongoing mission on planet Earth to search for signs of intelligence and to encourage its spread. I have a special message in this essay for young earthlings who are attending college or university, also for those who are thinking about attending. You are living in interesting times. This characterization historically has often been considered a curse because interesting is typically taken to mean tumultuous and fraught with danger. These times are particularly interesting to you who are listening to me now because there are memes as well as viruses roiling the flow of life on your planet that will continue to roil the flow during your time on planet Earth. Much of the time, this amplified roiling is amplified destructive too. This is just one of the facets of reality you will have to deal with, even as you search for silver silver linings. And that is one side of the Interesting Times coin. The coin also has a shiny side, you might say a side that is silver with dark linings, which means that the changes that are taking place in your time could also mean the doors which were closed before are now open, and some of them lead to a bright future. But you must choose well when you choose which door you want to see opened. A university is ideally a place of intellectual ferment. It is many other things as well. A place to socialize, a place to participate in activities, a place to begin to understand what it means to grow up, and a place to explore idealism. At your age, pretty much all experiences are learning experiences. My advice to you is to say yes often to new things. Do not make deep commitments just yet, but do not resist being taken by a variety of things. Remind yourself now and again that you are just an egg who has only recently hatched. Before you can allow yourself firm opinions, you need to finish growing your feathers and your wings. And most importantly, you need to learn how to forage for yourself. With this final blossoming of your being into adulthood comes a more profound understanding of nature, a depth of understanding that you are unlikely ever to plumb without going through this experience. Many of your professors, by the way, have managed to avoid learning to forage in any meaningful way. Many of them have done nothing but attend school and teach school. Bear this in mind as you listen to them. Also at your age, you are very keen on making friends and on entering into love relationships. These impulses are answers to deep appetites with which nature has endowed you. A Vulcan uncle would advise you to savor your experiences and to create memories and personal connections that you will treasure. You will feel your strings being strummed when you gaze upon a particularly beautiful person. Sometimes the strumming is instantly powerful, and other times the strumming will start softly and then crescendo into an experience you could never have imagined before you went there. And if this happens to you, you will ever after need to satisfy your longing for more. Nature is working its magic on you. You may hear people tell you that looks don't matter. But a moment's reflection on the evolutionary reason why a human earthling thinks someone looks good and someone else not so good should have you coming away realizing that looks do matter. Men and women attract each other, and the physical traits that you find attractive in one another are closely aligned with what makes for a successful parent. It should come as no surprise that evolutionary processes should produce this result. The euphoric feeling aroused by experiencing beauty is one of nature's highest rewards during one's struggle for existence and the creation of progeny. Don't listen to anyone who tries to tell you it's a bad thing. This is not to say that beauty is the only thing that matters, of course. Especially as the beauty of youth inevitably fades, you will value in your partner things like a sense of fair play, cooperation skills, charm, sense of humor, benevolent impulses, active intellect, artistry. The list goes on. Now what about the intellectual ferment? As your experiences and your study broaden and deepen your thinking, the question will probably arise in your mind, if it hasn't already, about what are the biggest and broadest issues. My advice to young earthlings at this point in the development of your planetary society is to recognize that there is indeed a fundamental contest going on. And in order for you to participate well in this contest, it is vital for you to plumb the most profound conceptual depths while avoiding rabbit holes that you are capable of, especially while you are young and still have abundant energy. To this Vulcan it appears that the most profound way to characterize the deep struggle of your times is that it is between ideas. Ideas based on evolution and ideas based on intelligent design. Until an understanding of natural evolution has made its way more deeply into Earth's cultures, and worked its modifications on the ways of thinking that are based on older models, there is very little point in worrying too much about topics currently on the front pages or to various forms of political advocacy. The older models I am referring to typically involve intelligent design thinking. And I am suggesting that evolution versus intelligent design applies far more broadly and inclusively than you might think. It's not confined to discussions about the evolution of species. We observe you looking around your world, and we see that when you notice the amount of order that actually exists in the world, you will typically assume that such complexity can only be explained by invoking an intelligent designer. You conclude that there must be someone in charge, exerting authority, or the order you are observing could not be. Intelligent design thinking, however, is actually flawed at the level of its basic premises. A study of natural processes in the mindset of evolutionary thinking reveals how complex systems evolve in such a way that order emerges spontaneously. The typical earthling following the older models believes that the only thing that can possibly emerge spontaneously is chaos. This is something earthlings really need to work on. It seems certain that evolutionary thinking will eventually supplant intelligent design thinking on your planet. As Tufts University philosopher Daniel Dennett has written, Evolution is like a universal acid that nothing can contain. In the short run, however, intelligent design thinking continues to hold sway in many subject areas at the university, and the people who cling to this way of thinking will continue to create much grief among you before it becomes even more glaringly evident to more and more of you that intelligent design thinking is a dreary, intellectual backwater. It is instructive to remember that the university as a modern institution had its beginnings in feudal times, and there still exists in the academic world much of the legacy of the feudal aristocracy, and I'm not talking about just the caps and gowns. In feudal times, it was the job of the universities to school the young aristocratic males and prepare them for their roles as members of a ruling class and the university scholars served as advisors to the rulers. But, of course, the scholars didn't get to do that unless the advice they gave pleased the rulers. You were not invited back to court if you told the ruler that things would probably work out better for all concerned if he just butted out. Much of today's approach to academic subjects still embodies the viewpoint and the ideals of the feudal aristocracy with changes that are just superficial, even as society has changed in profound ways. For many centuries on your planet, the town has increasingly been supplanting the castle as the central focus of human activity. The current occupants of the castle are still strenuously resisting this trend. When aristocratic rule in Europe was finally broken, it was common for people to believe that just throwing out or beheading the current set of aristocrats constituted a revolutionary change. But this is shallow thinking. If you just substitute a different set of aristocrats, who think in much the same way as the old aristocrats, but supposedly with more benevolent intentions, what has really changed? Isn't it just the same shit with different flies? Evolutionary thinking is inevitably a challenge to an aristocrat, because it is incompatible with intelligent design thinking, and aristocrats, as well as those whose way of thinking is a legacy of the feudal aristocracy, like to think of themselves as intelligent designers. They see themselves as princes standing astride the currents of history and directing the flow. People of this persuasion like to think of themselves as the vanguard of a social revolution. I believe they are more accurately viewed as the dying gasp of the feudal aristocracy. Perhaps one reason why intelligent design thinking is still, as of this writing, so prevalent on college campuses, particularly in the social sciences, is that the ideas and opinions built on this thinking are typically not subject to testing and falsification. And the fact that they're not makes many people more comfortable, because the thinking is non-rigorous. So they don't really have to shoulder the burden of making sense, even those who are actually capable of it. In the social sciences, blatant assertion has become a commonly accepted method of proof, and argument ad hominem is the order of the day. Kudos, by the way, to those in the social sciences who are trying to integrate evolutionary thinking in spite of attempts to stifle them, and in spite of considerable risk to their careers. It is apparent that these brave souls understand that the quasi-religious movement currently roiling the universities is beginning to collapse under the weight of its own preposterousness, and probably cannot hold together much longer. In the natural sciences, the ideas that are advanced are generally subject to testing, and results of experiments eventually do hold sway. Methods of proof are rigorous, with the aim of trying not to fool oneself. In the social sciences, ideas quite often hold sway not because they make sense, but because they are fashionable. And it's okay to fool yourself as long as you have an allegiance to the right camp. If you press the people of the intelligent design persuasion about the deeper meaning of what they are advocating, you will find that they always tell you that their intentions are good. If you should try to point out that the policies they advocate cannot possibly succeed in putting their good intentions into effect, and have up until now invariably led to widespread misery, whenever and wherever they have been tried, for well-understood reasons, you probably probably won't see any changes of allegiance. You are more likely to be met with shaming and vilification, and on rare occasions with quasi-intellectual arguments. But you will find that you can wade through their deepest ideas without getting your ankles wet. You will also find that they tend to keep returning the conversation to an avowal of their good intentions without hesitating to declare that your intentions must be evil if you do not support the policies they advocate. With hubris, of the sort for which the word hubris was invented, they will tell you that they understand what needs to be done about pretty much every problem, and that they are indispensable for guiding society along the path it needs to follow. They are convinced that they alone can bring order out of chaos in the same way the deus ex machina in ancient Greek plays functioned to resolve the messes that mortals got themselves into. They believe that if they have absolute authority over the people, then they have absolute control over all of reality. This belief flows simplistically from the proposition, more like a religious tenet, really, that nothing exists but what has been socially constructed. They usually add a corollary, which does not flow logically from anything, which is that anything that can be imagined can be socially constructed, as if nature places no constraints on actions. They even assert that it is not necessary to acknowledge nature's so-called laws, because these laws are mere social constructs, and no construct occupies a privileged position. Or an object lesson in how well controlling the people controls nature just witness the struggles of authoritarian governments, such as those in China and North Korea, with the COVID virus. As the governments of these unfortunate nations wreak havoc upon their citizens and their economies with zero-COVID policies, while the virus thumbs its nose at them, nature just laughs at earthlings who imagine that they can bring it under their control. And what is true of the viruses that are roiling the currents of a healthful existence is likewise true of the memes that are roiling other currents. It surely is becoming obvious to more and more earthlings that the intelligent design meme is responsible for a lot of unnecessary roiling and the attendant suffering while accomplishing very little of value. Be aware that there is an alternative meme which is evolutionary thinking, and which will serve earthlings far better than intelligent design thinking. You cannot design and construct your own reality, but nature is amenable to cultivation. We on planet Vulcan wish you well as you embark on the adventure of becoming a mature human being. I invite you to have a listen to the next installment of Fascinating. Please provide feedback to these podcasts if you are so inclined. You may contact me by sending an email to Senior Contributing Editor Prego De Nada. PregoDeNada at gmail.com Live long and prosper.